You're listening to The Business of Teaching Yoga, a podcast by me, Cora Giroux. Tune in each week to learn how you can turn your teaching career into a joyful and sustainable business. The world needs what you have, and it's my mission to help you reach more people, increase your income, and share yoga in a way that is authentically you. So make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss all my best tips, tricks, tools, and resources to help you get started building your dream business today. Welcome back to another episode of the Business of Teaching Yoga podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to share something fun with you. To celebrate the launch of season three of the show, as well as our brand new YouTube channel, you can just search my name, you'll find me there, I am giving away a tote bag to one of our listeners or our subscribers on YouTube. To enter, all you need to do is either leave a review in iTunes or comment on the video for the YouTube channel. Each week, I will read the comments and I will read the reviews and I'll pick my favorite one. Whoever wins, I'll announce it on the podcast and you'll hear all the details in coming episodes. I'm recording this a little bit in advance, so I don't know who won last week yet, but it'll be exciting and I'll share that with you as soon as I know. So if you would like to enter, then just leave us a review or a comment on YouTube. And just one thing, if you are not in Australia and you leave a review on the podcast, can you just take a screenshot of that and send it to support at coragerou.com? I can only see the Australian podcast reviews when I look in my Apple Music or Apple podcast thing. So just make sure that if you're not in Australia and you want to enter, this is open worldwide, then just send us that screenshot so we can actually see your review. Okay, now into today's episode. So Today's episode I have called tongue-in-cheek the 10 commandments of social media for yoga teachers in 2022. And what this is really about is how you can grow your following on social media through authenticity, trust, and connection, right? So, you know, these are things that you are probably already good at as a yoga teacher, and we're just going to translate that into your social media. Now, you know, I have a lot to say about social media. <laughs> As you know, you all know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I've sort of gone through a love and hate relationship with it. Um, I actually really do like social media. It's just they stuffed me around, Instagram stuffed me around a few times and it became annoying for my business. But I will preface this with, if you do not want to use social media for your business, you're probably not listening to this, A, but B, you might not have to, right? So just because I have the 10 commandments of social media for yoga teachers doesn't mean that every single yoga teacher on the planet needs to use social media for their business to be successful. It's important for my business and it's useful for many people's businesses that I work with. Um, but just know that I'm not saying that you have to use it. I think that you might be able to get away without it if you're very conscious and intentional about it, but that is a different episode. Today's episode, we are going to talk about once you have decided, yes, I am going to use social media for your for my business. This episode is really about how to harness the power of social media so that you get the biggest return on your investment so that it's as effective and efficient as it can be. Um, because if you're a business owner, you know, you have a limited amount of time and you will always have more things to do than time to do them. So if you're going to do social media, you want to make sure you're doing it well. So it's not just wasting your time. And here are my 10 commandments of how to do that. So uh, the first one is to be where your students are. So commandment one, be where your students are. One of the most fundamental things that you will learn as a business owner 
is to get crystal clear on who it is you serve. Oftentimes we call that your ideal client. You can also call it your ideal student, but we need to know who that person is so that you know which social media platforms are worth your time. And as much as I'd like to say it's not important, knowing your ideal student's age and gender when doing this can be helpful. So for example, if your ideal client is a teen girl, chances are you want to be on TikTok. If your ideal client is a senior of any gender, like it or lump it, Facebook is where the action is going to be for you. If your ideal client is a dude with anger issues, you probably want to be on Twitter. <laughs> um, but if you're trying to, really, to reach millennial women, it's Instagram, right? So I should say that we only have these statistics for two genders. So that is just the um, scope of what we can actually work with here you know it might change in the future but right now that's just the stats that we have so knowing who your ideal client is is really really important to knowing what social media platforms you should be investing in so for example uh, one of my clients is a yoga teacher who has a great following on social media of people who are super highly engaged but that person is not seeing a return on their investment, i.e. their Instagram followers are not signing up for their courses and classes and workshops. The reason is my, my student, her ideal client uh, is not on Instagram, <laughs> but she gets great engagement on Instagram because yoga teachers follow her on Instagram and yoga teachers like what she posts and yoga teachers engage with what she's doing, but she doesn't have products and services for yoga teachers. She then pivoted to investing more in Facebook where her ideal clients actually are and she's seeing a better return on her investment in terms of people actually signing up for her stuff. So if you're investing all your time on Instagram, you're on there all day or day, uh, but you're not getting results, check in. Who is your ideal client? Are they on Instagram, right? Maybe you would be better at serving them on a different platform. So that's commandment number one, be where your students are. Commandment number two is to create more than you consume. So it's no secret that social media has drawbacks. It has negative side effects. None of us can get around that, but there are things that we can do to mitigate the negative effect that social media has on us personally as business owners. And I'll share a couple of strategies that I use and maybe they'll be helpful for you as well. Number one is to create all of your content off the app. So I will admit I do create reels on the app, but everything else is done on my computer. So I'm not actually on Instagram when I'm creating content. So that's uh, a good one because we don't want to get sucked in to scrolling. So create your content off the app. Next one, spend the vast majority of your time on your social media on your own page. So whether that's a Facebook page or a Facebook group or um, your Instagram profile or your LinkedIn profile or whatever it is, spend the vast majority of your time, the energy that you invest in your own community, right? Responding to people's comments, responding to your DMs, um, looking at your insights, uh, responding to your stories. You know, I use Instagram, so this is what I'm going to be referring to as an example. But this is the same thing is true whether you're on Facebook or a different social media platform. So spend the majority of your time on your own page. Put a set time to do that. So let's say it's like 10 o'clock in the morning. Every morning at 10 a.m. you log in, you answer all your comments, you answer all your DMs, and then you get out of there, right? I mean, 10 a.m. is probably not the right time to do it depending on if you're a morning person or a night person, whatever. But make sure you have a set time time so that you're not just responding to comments and DMs as they come in, right? I mean, for the algorithm, that would be great, but I don't know about you, but I have never gone onto Instagram to respond to a comment and then not gotten sucked in to um, the rest of Instagram. 
right? But I do now because I have a set time. You know, to be honest, at this moment in time, if you've messaged me on Instagram, you know that I have actually hired someone, shout out Maddie, to respond to my comments and DMs because I was getting sucked in. Um, but if you are not able to do that, and I wasn't for a long time, just have a set time, right? So it's a like a half an hour block. Same thing that I do with email, right? I'm not in email all the time. I just check it when I need to, a couple times a day. So that's one. Um, delete the apps from your phone when you're not working. So if you have set work hours, whatever social media app you are on, delete it when you are not working so that you don't just get sucked into the scroll. Um, prioritize collaborating with people rather than like mindlessly scrolling for content to share, right? I know a lot of us share content to our stories, which is great, but instead of looking for content to share, I think it could be better to actually make a list of people that you would like to collaborate with. You probably already know who they are. You spend enough time on social media to know who your like idols are, people that you admire their work. Make a list of those people and just reach out to them. You can DM them or you can email them if you can find their email address and prioritize a collaboration. So ask them to do, you know, if you're on Instagram a live or a carousel or something like that together rather than just mindlessly looking for content to share. Okay, so that's my uh, commandment number two, create more than you consume. Commandment number three, serve your community first. I heard a quote the other day that intrigued me. I liked it and I've been like letting it rattle around in my head um, ever since then. And the quote is, an influencer creates what they want while an entrepreneur creates what their customers want. Now, if you have, um, if you if you are an influencer as your business model, then this is different. But if you are a small business owner, not an influencer, so for example, you create classes and workshops, um, you know, and courses, and that's how you make money. You're a small business owner. If you're an influencer, you probably make money through branded content and maybe affiliates and that sort of thing, ad revenue. But if you are a small business owner, think about the kind of content you post and make sure that it's what your community wants rather than what you want. I think there is a place for sharing personal stuff or stuff that you're interested in for sure. It helps you to humanize your brand, helps to create a connection between you and your community. But for the most part, put yourself in your students' shoes, your ideal students' shoes, and create content that they like. For example, let's say your students actually really care about stretching their hamstrings. You may have been teaching yoga for a long time and you don't care about that <laughs> anymore, um, you know, or maybe you don't even believe in the idea of stretching your hamstrings. Like maybe that's something that you are questioning and you're like, maybe you should strengthen them rather than stretch them, you know, all of these sorts of things. But if that's not where your community is at, then that content may not be relevant to them. If you're working with yoga teachers, that content probably is relevant to them. But if your community doesn't care about that, then creating content like that won't be compelling to your community. So instead of focusing on what you want to post, which is what an influencer would do, focus on creating content that your community wants to hear or see or read or engage with. So what is helpful to your community? Um, you know, for example, I, I put out a podcast last week about 10 different ways to make money as a yoga teacher. Was that what it was? <laughs> I think I called it the ultimate guide to making money as a yoga teacher. I don't teach yoga anymore. And most of those ways of making money I have done and engaged in and I don't do them and they're not interesting to me. But they could be really, really helpful to people in my community. Heck, maybe it was helpful to you. <laughs> when was the last time you said heck? Anyhow, um, and if I can be of service to you, my listener, then I am an entrepreneur, right? Being an entrepreneur is being of service 
and this is something I think we can really get behind as yoga teachers, this idea of being of service to others. So this is what you want to do on your social media. Serve your community first. Rather than having it be a personal journal or just like a bunch of stuff that you care about, what does your community care about? What do they want to see? Even if you find it uh, boring or it's not, you know, it's not the most cutting edge thing for you, is it, is that what's important or is being of service important? So just have a think about that. And I don't want to dissuade you from like self-expression. I'm just going to get some of my coffee over here. Just hold on if I'm like leaning away from the mic. I don't want to dissuade you from self-expression. Just put it in your stories, right? Put all the other stuff in your stories and, and on your feed. Um, if you're on Instagram, then in your feed, put your content that is really valuable to your community. You can do that in your stories too. And if you're on other social media platforms, see if there is a way that you can bring in your personality and your humanity, but making sure that the bulk of your content is content that is entertaining, inspiring, or useful for your community members. All right. Commandment number four, create valuable content the easy way. So I feel like the idea of creating valuable content is something that is everywhere, right? Everyone's telling you, create valuable content, add value, create valuable content. But if you have heard that (laughs) and you're anything like me, you will ask a question like, but how? Or what does valuable content actually mean? Or how do I know when my content is valuable? So if you have asked those questions, don't worry, I got you. This This is one of the easiest ways to do it. It's an exercise. So, you know, put this in your mind for later if you're driving or doing something like that. If you're sitting down, you can do it along with me. Get out a sheet of paper or a blank Google Doc or something like that. And on the right side, you're going to create two columns. On the right side, write down problems slash questions. I said that incorrectly. <laughs> on the left side, write down problems slash questions. On the right side, write solutions slash answers. Left side problems, right side solutions. Once you have those two columns, fill out the left side first. So that is all of the problems and questions that your ideal students have. So if you teach classes, these are the questions that students ask you in or after class. If you teach on Zoom, what's happening in the chat while you're teaching? If you have a social media following already, what kind of comments and DMs are you getting? What questions are people asking you? If you're teaching classes, when you look at your students, what's going on? What are they struggling with? What do they not understand? So write down a huge list of all your students' problems and questions related to your niche, right? Once you've got that, time to fill out the right side start to write just like a notation of what a possible answer or solution is to that problem or question. So let's say, uh, let's use the example of Chaturanga, right? Chaturanga happens quickly in a flow. So oftentimes when a student has been is new or has been practicing a little while, they don't quite get Chaturanga and they gloss over it and they go kind of from like high plank to up dog and they're not really sure what happens in between, right? So that's a problem, maybe. we can, I mean, let's just assume it's a problem for right now. <laughs> Won't get into debate about uh, sequencing and alignment. So let's assume that's a problem. You may write down uh, a series of posts like what is chaturanga or have you heard this weird word that sounds like blah, blah, blah or whatever it is and not sure what it is. Let's unpack that and you can explain what chaturanga is. Or maybe your students know what chaturanga is, but they struggle with the strength to actually do it. So you could do a solution to that would be a series of posts that are like a chaturanga progression, or you could do it in a reel or something like that if you're on Instagram. So that's just one example, right? So what is a problem or a question that your students have? And then your content is the solution or the answer to that problem or question. And if you do that, you will have a huge list of posts. All your posts are the solutions and the 
um, answers, you will have a huge list of valuable content. If you can solve your ideal client's problems or answer their questions, it is guaranteed to resonate. It is guaranteed to be, air quotes, valuable content. So create valuable content, but do it the easy way. Don't guess. <laughs> Don't guess is this valuable. Just solve their questions, solve their problems, and answer their questions. Okay, I am going to actually have some coffee now. Number five, use content pillars to create a balanced plan. So if you have ever sat down to create social media content and you are just staring at a blank page and you're like, oh my God, what am I going to post? Fear no more. Here is your solution. Content pillars are just simply categories of different content that you can create on social media. If you use them all, you'll have a really balanced plan. You don't have to use them all the same amount. You don't have to, you know, intersperse them in this, in like some particular way. But if you make sure that you hit on these four content pillars in your social media posts, then you'll have a really balanced profile or grid or body of work. So the first category is entertainment or entertaining content. Now, if you are on Instagram, if that's where your ideal clients are, um, Instagram has actually just come out and said that they're focusing on entertainment content. So it is something that you will want to include in your social media strategy. Now, what does entertaining content mean? Well, usually uh, you could create something that you, where you tell a story or you use humor or you use the element of surprise or something that hooks people in. They don't have to learn anything necessarily, but there is, um, it's compelling to watch. So you've seen this if you're on Instagram when you've watched reels. Most reels, not all of them, but most reels leverage this idea of being entertaining content, right? So if you're on Instagram, one of the ways you could do this is using reels. But think about the types of content that you consume and try and pinpoint the ones that are purely entertainment, right? There, um, you, you can see lots of examples of this and you don't have to dance or sing or be silly. You can if you want, but if that's not your thing, that's totally okay, right? On the YouTube version of this um, podcast, I pulled out an example of a woman making an altar on her Instagram as a reel. And it's just her making an altar in like a stop motion format. And it's really beautiful. And I watched it about 10 times and I found it highly entertaining. I didn't learn anything. I wasn't challenged. I was just consuming the content as entertainment. So you could think about what would fit with your brand and, you know, your niche and what could you do that would be purely for entertainment? And you will want to add that in to your content strategy. Now, I feel personally, like I don't mind being silly or weird, so I'm happy to do the stupid reels that I'll probably you know, look back on and be like, oh my God, what was I thinking? But that doesn't bother me, so uh, I'm happy to do those, but you don't have to do uh, content that you don't feel comfortable with. But think about what entertains you. It could just be beautiful, um, you know, shots of your practice or whatever it is. And definitely, definitely, definitely try to add entertainment as one of your content pillars. All right, education. This is a second content pillar. This one should be a no-brainer for you and or probably is a no-brainer for you because you teach for a living, right? So it's a natural extension of what you do as a yoga teacher to educate via your social media. So you could do that in a million different ways. For example, you could have a carousel post on Instagram where you teach the specific steps of a meditation technique, right? Each slide is one step. 
You could, if you're on TikTok, you could have a tutorial on TikTok for getting into and out of a specific pose. You could even hold like a full class once a week on the social media platforms that you are on. It could be like a Facebook or Instagram Live. I would not recommend doing that more than once a week. Um, if if you think it's a good idea to do it once a week, great. I would not do it more. It's a different. It's a whole different episode. But um, if you're selling yoga classes, you don't want to give them all away for free, right? But doing one a week could give people an insight into working with you. So that's a thing. Um, but there are a lot of different ways that you could use educational content on your social media. So think about what it is that you teach in your classes and how can you translate that to your social media. So pillar number one, entertainment. Pillar number two, education. Pillar number three is inspirational content. When done well, inspirational content elicits an emotion from your community. So things like sharing case stories from your students or pieces of your own personal story or journey or how your yoga or meditation practice has impacted you for the better are great ways to share inspirational content. I like to think about it like before and after photos, but make it yoga, right? So if you can paint the picture of before I did this, my life or my hamstrings were like this, but after I did this, my this technique or practice, my life or my mind or my hamstrings are like this. It can inspire people who relate to you to believe in themselves and it can help them to think that change is possible for them too. Like for example, you could have something like, last year after reading Digital Minimalism, I realized that I was addicted to my phone. This is not a true story. <laughs> I could barely go seven minutes while working without reaching for it. I even began scrolling first thing in the morning. However, 90 days ago, I made the decision to replace my morning phone habit with 15 minutes of meta meditation. And whenever I went to grab my phone during the day, I would send myself loving kindness for a few breaths instead. Now, my anxiety and my comparisonitis have dramatically decreased and I'm spending time on what really matters. So you could see how that story could inspire someone to do the same. I think inspirational content got a bad rap with yoga because of all the, like the handstand in a bikini on the beach situation that was popular a few years ago, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that, right? It could be if that's what you're into, but it doesn't have to be. Think before and after, but make it yoga, right? So that can really, really help to inspire your community that change is possible for them, right? And this is, this is what we're doing through yoga, right? Okay, pillar number four is challenge content. Challenge content is where you challenge the doubts and hesitations of your community members in relation to your work. Now, this may be something that you don't have a lot of experience with. Maybe you do, but I didn't. <laughs> and most of the people I work with do not create this kind of content naturally. It's not something that we naturally go to. However, it is an incredibly powerful type of content to have in your social media strategy because it helps people to overcome their objections to working with you. doesn't need to be sleazy. I know that sounds sleazy, but you'll understand what I mean when I say it. So for example, imagine a yoga teacher out there, maybe it's you, who works with seniors they may have an obstacle to doing yoga that they feel like they have to get onto the floor in order to do yoga. Or maybe they feel like yoga is just for young, fit people. But maybe their doctor has told them it could be good for them or their friends have told them it would be good for them. But they have this objection to doing yoga because of their beliefs around it you could create challenge content that would help them to know that th those things are not necessarily true. So for example, a post like three reasons why you don't need to get on the floor to do yoga would be a type of challenge content. 
or something like, think yoga is just for young bendy folks. Here are five yogis who will prove you wrong, right? And you could feature yoga yogis and yoga teachers who are um, older, right? So when you think about challenge content, you need to know what your ideal students or clients' objections to working are working with you are. So make a list of those and then create content that challenges those beliefs, right? You don't have to get onto the floor to do yoga. There's chair yoga, there's accessible yoga. You don't have to be a certain age to do yoga here are you know five examples of people who defy that myth so when you are thinking about commandment number five using the four content pillars to create a balanced plan remember you can group your content into those four categories entertainment educational inspirational and challenge and when you have all of those four categories represented in your strategy you will have a very well balanced plan that will help turn your followers into students which is what we want right okay Commandment number six, when I titled this the 10 commandments of social media for yoga teachers, it was tongue in cheek, except for this one, right? So most of it, you do you, right? You don't like any of these commandments. You can, you can do it your own way, but this one is different. This commandment number six is thou shalt embrace video, right? If you're on social media in 2022 and it's not Twitter, you really, really want to be using video. And the reason is that your efforts will be rewarded, right? So if you are spending time creating quotes and graphics and everything for your social media and you're not seeing a return on that time, it's not working, you're not getting results, you're not getting new students from your social media, then what is the, what is the point of that right better off spending your time creating video which is really what the social media platforms want us to do right now and getting a better return on your investment so um instagram is not the be all and end all especially if your ideal clients are not on there but it is interesting to note that instagram announced that they're no longer a photo sharing app right they did that last year and what they are really focusing on is video content. Uh, you know, we know that with Reels and, you know, all the features they're rolling out for lives, etc. They're also focusing on being an entertainment app. Um, so that's a thing. But video isn't, no matter what platform you're on, video is incredibly valuable at building trust with your ideal students, right? Or your potential ideal students. When you show up on video and you talk to the camera and people can see your face and hear your voice, they start to understand that you are a real person. In order to get someone to do business with you, to come to your class, to come to your workshop, to sign up to your newsletter, to do your course, whatever that is, in order to get someone to engage with your business, they have to trust you, right? Trust is at an all-time low. We, you know, I don't have to tell you that. <laughs> you, I'm sure you know. But one way that we can build trust with our community, the fastest way we can build trust is to be on video, right? And just to show up as a normal person, you don't have to do anything crazy to earn, to, to build that trust. Um, it's just by you being you. So provided there, you know, your ideal client is a good match with you, the person on there, um, being able to see your natural way of expressing yourself, your tone, your facial expressions will help your community members know that you're a real person. Um, a friend of mine or an acquaintance of mine, I can't remember her surname, but she said that money is the energy of trust. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. So if you're trying to get someone to do business with you, they've got to trust you. And number one way to do that is with video. So if you are on Instagram and that's a platform that makes sense for you to use, then being on Reels and Stories will be your best bet. Instagram Live, great as well. Um, but Reels are really how you will reach new people. So if you want to get in front of new people, if you want to grow and you want to do that organically, then 
uh, getting on reels is is where you want to be with that. A couple of tips if you're like, oh my god, I just do not, I just don't feel comfortable. I'm not comfortable being on video. A couple of tips that I found helpful for me. I was not comfortable on video either, um, so I, I feel you on that. Uh, number one, <laughs> use your first take. So film the video and just use it. Don't edit it. Don't watch it. Just post it. If you watch your own video, you will hate it most likely and you won't post it. If you let yourself refilm it, you will refilm and refilm and refilm and refilm and it will get progressively worse because usually you will get more nervous or more stressed or more annoyed and your natural facial features will start to change. Um, so just use your first take. Don't rewatch it. Film, just post it what you film. If you are on Instagram, use stories first. They disappear, right? So just get used to talking to the camera on stories. That can be a thing. If you are doing a talking head video, like, you know, you're teaching something or explaining something, have notes. It's fine. Just be yourself. No one cares about perfection. The more raw and real that you can be, the better, right? So you don't have to get camera ready. That's not a thing, right? You can just be yourself, however you are. Okay. So Commandment number six, it's an important one. Get on the video bandwagon. You know, promise me, 2022, it's the year you're going to do video on your social media because it's going to get you results like nothing else. Today's episode is brought to you by Lost to Launch, my 50-hour yoga teacher training that will teach you everything you need to know to start your very own business. If you're ready to take the reins in your teaching career and tap into professional autonomy and an uncapped earning potential, then Lost to Launch might be the right program for you. When you join, you receive 16 weeks of Business 101 education, live group coaching, and personal one-on-one -on -one mentoring with me every single week. As well, you get lifetime access to the curriculum and our worldwide community. We start twice every year. You can join in August or March. Our course is delivered entirely online, so as long as you have an internet connection, you can start building the business of your dreams today. To learn more or apply, go to www.coragerud.com slash lost to launch. Oh, and we're fully accredited with Yoga Alliance. So if you care about that kind of thing, you can log your continuing education hours for the course. Once again, if you want to learn more or apply, head to www.coragerud.com slash lost to launch. All right, commandment number seven, include a call to action. So a call to action is simply a direct ask for your community members to do something specific. Social media is noisy. So even if you think what you'd like your followers to do is implied, it's much more effective just to spell it out. I recommend having a call to action on at least like 99% of the posts you share. I don't have to have it on everyone, but like on the vast majority of posts, you want a call to action. When I create content, I usually start by asking myself, what do I want my community member to do after seeing this post? When you start with the end in mind, it can actually be easier to craft the content. So for example, I would love you, yes, you listening to this podcast right now to take a screenshot of this podcast if you are listening to it on your phone and then share that screenshot to your Instagram stories. Tag me. I would love to see it. So this is my call to action for this podcast. Take a screenshot, share it, and that will help to get the word out. I would so appreciate that, but you can also just use that as an example right? So when you're thinking about your posts on social media or any content that you create, think about what do you want your client to do? So for example, um, some call to actions like the wording for how you could do this are things like get started now, sign up free, link in bio, click here to learn more, 
schedule a class now. Save for later. Tell me what you think in the comments, right? So in 99% of your posts, you want to guide your community members to what you want them to do, right? With your content. What is the action that they are meant to take as a result of that post? Okay, commandment number eight, WIFM your profile. WIFM is an acronym that stands for what's in it for me. When a new potential follower slash new student sees your profile, whether that's on Instagram, Facebook, you know, any of this, TikTok, any of the social media platforms, when they see your profile, you have approximately three seconds before they decide, am I going to follow or am I not going to follow? And when you think about your profile from the WIFM perspective, what's in it for me, you want to think about your profile from your ideal student or client's perspective. When they land there, can they tell in three seconds what's in it for me, right? So here are some questions that you could ask yourself um, or if you imagine that your ideal follower is looking at your social media profile, it can help you get started. So why should I follow you? Is it immediately clear why I should follow you? If not, update your profile so it is. Another question, if I follow you, what kind of content will I see? You might not have to spell this out like in your bio, but if they do a scroll, is that content representative of the kind of content that you put out there. You want to make sure that you've always got good content right at the top so that people understand what kind of content they are going to see if they follow you. Also, um, who are you and what do you do? (laughs) So your bio or your, you know, your profile is not the place to tell me what your favorite food is. It's the place to tell me why I should follow you, what kind of content I'll see, who you are, what you do, right? You can also put in there who you help. That's an easy way to do it. You can write an I help statement. Like I help yoga teachers find freedom through online business. So that's in my book, my bio at the moment. But you want to make sure that your profile or your bio answers the question, what's in it for me from your ideal student's perspective within the first three seconds. You don't want to make them work for it. If people are confused, they will just click away. Um, Yeah. There we go. Number nine, (laughs) make sure. So commandment number nine is make sure that all roads lead to your email list. When you design your social media strategy, it is important to take the long-term health of your business into account. In reality, the community you build on any social media platform doesn't actually belong to you. It belongs to the platform. If the platform makes changes to how it operates in a way that affects your business, you have zero recourse. If you post something the platforms find offensive, which is a lot easier to do than you might think, your reach can be limited, your ads can be rejected, or in the worst case scenario, your account could be disabled. I know multiple yoga teachers that this has happened to, and no, they weren't posting anything controversial. Um, my ads account was shut down for the episode for promoting the episode of this podcast with Bernie Clark. I don't remember the exact, um, episode number, but that was a post of Bernie who, if you don't know what he looks like, you Google him head and shoulders. That's it. And it was a static image and I promoted that or tried to. And my ads account got shut down because I was promoting sexual content. So sometimes things happen that just don't make sense. And as a user on these platforms, we don't really have a lot of say. Instagram didn't and never got back to me about that. They don't care if I'm like, wait a minute, it's not sexual content. So anyhow. Um, So this is why when you're designing your social media strategy, you've got to be intentional about how you are going to turn your followers into email subscribers. So here are some ways you could do that. 
For example, you could post each week with the main theme you're gonna cover in your newsletter a few days before it goes out and put the call to action, subscribe to my newsletter to read more. You could put a link to your newsletter in your bio or your profile. You could put a call to action in your bio or profile describing your newsletter and how to sign up. Like wanna learn more about yoga's history? Subscribe to my newsletter. You could also create a great free yet valuable piece of content, we often call these lead magnets, that you want to give away in exchange for your community member giving you their email address. And then you share about it on social media a lot. So there are lots of different ways to do it. The idea is to have this mentality that all roads lead back to your email list. Because if Facebook or Instagram or Twitter decide they don't like you anymore or (laughs) that you promote sexual content when really it's just a podcast about Bernie Clark or with Bernie Clark, um, you still have a way to connect with your community, which is your email list, which you own. I'll do a podcast episode soon about the importance of having an email list. All right, commandment number 10. We are almost at the end. So this last one is give it time, go viral, or run ads. So when you are thinking about growing your social media following, these are your options, right? Give it time, go viral, or run ads, in my opinion. What do I mean when I say give it time? Well, it's not as easy to grow on social media as it was several years ago. So if you are not interested in going viral or you can't make that happen and you're not interested in running ads, you need to give it time, right? There are certain people who have been at the right time in the right place and their accounts have grown really quickly and that's awesome but that is not necessarily under your control right if your niche just isn't having its moment uh, you could change your niche to one that is but if you don't want to do that or you can't do that um, then you need to be patient right you need to give it time i've had my same instagram account for eight years right so and you know even though i have a small following i still connect with lots of great clients and students there who become you know paying customers which is amazing Um, So be patient. You know, I see a lot of yoga teachers, you know, starting their Instagram or whatever platform they're using. And after a year, usually it's not even a year, usually after a couple of months, like I'm not getting any results from this. It takes time, right? Like years of time. Uh, The next way that you can grow your following is to go viral. And you might be thinking, Well, that's a dumb thing to say, Cora, because we can't control going viral. And you're correct to some degree, right? You're right. You are right. You can't control going viral. But what you can do is increase the odds. So I know Instagram best, so that's what I'm going to talk about. On Instagram right now, there are a couple of ways that Instagram is wanting us to create content. It's Reels with trending audio uh, are like two things. So if you create consistently, create reels with trending audio, it is possible that you will increase your chances of Instagram catching onto one of your reels and showing it to a lot of people, i.e. going viral. So even though you can't control which reel will go viral, you can increase the odds that your content will go viral by doing what the platform wants. So think about that with whatever platform you're on. What does the platform want me to do? And whatever that is, if you do it and you do it consistently, you increase your chances of going viral. So think about that. Last thing is to run ads, right? I run ads when I can, when Instagram allows me to do so. Um, I don't ever suggest that you buy followers. I do not ever suggest that you use a bot to engage with other people's accounts. Those are not things that I think are good and I would not do them. There can be consequences to doing them. Um, It's not what I would suggest. However, I do run ads and I do think that they can be helpful at certain points in your business. If you're just getting started, I wouldn't bother running ads. Put that into a later basket. But, um, and I won't go into my whole ad strategy here. I think that's a different episode. But... 
if you want to grow, if you're not, if you're not patient, you're like, I don't want to give it time and you're not going viral or it's just not happening or you're not interested in it. Another way to get your content in front of more people is to run ads so that more people see it, right? You pay for it. You pay for that exposure. Um, I've done it a lot in terms of different programs, in terms of different campaigns. Um, I've had great success with it in some ways, other ways it didn't work, but that's just the way you have to roll with it. Um, it's a bit of trial and error, but I think it can, it can have a a place in, it absolutely has a place in online business, right? Um, it's changing a lot at the moment. The ad strategy that I use is wildly different than the one I used last year, but just know that it's a thing. So if you want to grow on social media, these are your choices in my opinion. Be patient and give it time. Go viral or run ads. If you don't want to do any of those things, (laughs) you're in between a rock and a hard place, right? So just know um, that it's a long game, right? Running your business is a marathon, not a sprint. So in summary, my 10 commandments of social media are, number one, be where your students are. Number two, Create more than you consume. Number three, serve your community first. Number four, create valuable content, but do it the easy way. Number five, use the four pillars to create a balanced plan. Number six, thou shalt embrace video, the only real commandment on the list. Number seven, include a call to action. Number eight, whiff them your profile. Number nine, make sure all roads lead to your email list. Number 10, go viral, run ads, or give it time. Okay, I hope this was a valuable episode for you all about social media. If you ever have topics you want me to cover, just send them to my assistant, support at coragerou.com, and I will add them to the list of topics that we will cover on this podcast. If you like to watch this content via video, as I mentioned, also have a YouTube channel. You can check it out. Just put my name into YouTube and you'll find it. Would love it if you would head over there and subscribe. It is just a brand new baby channel um, and uh, every subscriber really counts. So thank you so, so much for listening to this. I hope it was helpful for you. And I will be back next week with some more tips about running and starting and launching the business of your dreams. Hey, thanks so much for listening to another episode of the podcast. If you feel like you got some value out of this show, would you do me a solid and either leave us a review in iTunes? It really, really helps the show reach more people or help us share the show directly. You can just simply take a screenshot of the episode when you're listening on your phone and share it to your stories on Instagram. We would love to get the word out to as many yoga teachers as possible and every single share counts. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week.